This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, November 17, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. With the House and White House now in the hands of different parties, let the hand-wringing begin. Pundits will invariably soon claim that Congress and the President won't be able to get anything done. As if getting most things done is a feature rather than a bug of our constitutional republic. William F. Connolly is author of James Madison Rules America. In it, he argues that partisan polarization in Congress has its roots in Madison's own constitution. And he argues that in many cases, gridlock, for lack of a better word, is good. Connolly spoke at the Cato Institute in October. Conflict sometimes is the premise for compromise. Moreover, as political scientists Nelson Polesby and Charles O. Jones have argued, gridlock may be good. Gridlock may be a form of governing. Jones says, for example, quote, the prevention of legislation may also represent effective governance, end quote. At times, the status quo may be preferable to legislative change. Who has not agreed with this observation at one time or another? For example, Republicans on the 2010 health care reform, they would have preferred gridlock or stalemate uh, uh, to the passage of uh, that comprehensive legislation. But also another example would be the Pelosi-led uh, Democrats, on President Bush's Social Security reform uh, effort in 2005 and 2006. Limited government as opposed to activist government may be desirable. Political scientist Sidney Sidney Milkus underscores another argument. Partisanship can be good by rousing us from our slumber, overcoming the blight of apathy and alienation. Parties inspire debate and increase voter turnout, and we've seen that in the last three presidential elections, including, uh, and and as well, uh, uh, midterm elections like the current election. Um, In conclusion, uh, it's worth examining some of the causes of heightened partisanship today. One, the primary dominated nominating processes, especially in congressional elections, which invite appeals to the party base, clearly contribute to greater partisan polarization. We've seen this with the Tea Party movement, uh, for example. Uh, Should we eliminate congressional primaries or nominating uh, primaries either at the congressional or presidential level? Should we return to the smoke-filled rooms? Second cause, gerrymandered redistricting, especially enhanced by computer modeling. Maybe we should adopt the uh, uh, Luddite reform of uh, eliminating computers, or maybe not. Third, the democratization and decentralization of Congress due to the institutional reforms. Some of the above causes were, the, uh, were consequences of the 1970s reforms in Congress in particular, designed to make Congress more open and democratic. Should we reform the reforms? Fourth cause, the growth of government and the concomitant increased stake in our politics. Big government gives you big politics. Uh, James Q. Wilson, one of the leading political scientists in recent generations, said that once politics was about a few things, today it is about nearly everything. Um, Maybe what we need to do is limit government if we want to limit politics and make it less cantankerous. Similarly, an important cause of partisan polarization has been the effort to advance comprehensive non-incremental reform. For example, the decision by Democrats to advance comprehensive health care reform may by its very nature have been partisan since it raised fundamental questions about the role of government. Perhaps we should re-federalize some political questions. Uh, Ron Brownstein, in his book, uh, uh, Second Civil War, raises that possibility. Um, Moreover, we blame political parties, and we should also acknowledge the role of our two other key mediating institutions, interest groups and the media. Greater partisan polarization is due to six, 
the explosion in the role and number of interest groups, so-called hyperpluralism, including in, th- in the think tank universe. Maybe we should blame or credit Cato for partisan polarization, the proliferation of think tanks uh, over the last 30 or 40 uh, or 50 uh, years has contributed to uh, a more ideological um, uh, or you could say more principled politics in some cases. Um, Seven, another potential cause of our more ideological politics may be the dramatic increase in education uh, among Americans. I can paraphrase uh, Shakespeare. Perhaps the first thing we should do is kill all the professors. Uh, But I personally hope we don't do that. Um, Eight, the decentralization, fragmentation, and greater, co- greater competition of the new media, the new media, as the hegemony of the old media establishment erodes, has clearly contributed to uh, the more uh, cacophonous, contentious character of our uh, politics, the Internet. We're clearly not going to get rid of that anytime soon. And bloggers, uh, uh, et cetera. Political scientist Barbara Sinclair uh, notes uh, what I think we're all now familiar with, it, which is that the media prefers conflict to cooperation and consensus. The media loves to report on the planes that crash, not the thousands of planes that fly successfully every day. Conflict is what gets covered, uh, and in some time, as opposed to consensus. And at some point, uh, that it even exaggerates the level of, I think, uh, um, contentiousness in our uh, politics. Um, but do we want to get rid of the new media and return to the Good old days, or was it bad old days, uh, of the old media establishment? Do we really want to return to the 1960s near monopoly of national news by NBC, ABC, CBS, the UPI, and AP wires? Um, And yet, finally, the most fundamental cause of partisan polarization may be our 200-year-old constitutional system, which, as I suggested earlier with Madison, invites the spirit of party Uh, in our politics, and I certainly don't recommend a new constitutional convention. Thank you very much. William F. Connolly is author of James Madison Rules America. You can watch the full book forum at our website, cato.org.